Happy New Year. Happy 2023. 2023. Man, yes. that sounds like the title of a science fiction movie. <laughs> what the? Man, I'm, I am old. <laughs> I am old. It's, it's the year it is, and it sounds like the future to me. Yeah, th- this is the kind of year that people always used to put the year yeah. before when they would. They used to oh, man. add that as a prefix. All right, well, happy 2023, everyone. Well, okay. We- the Reese Company. By the way, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. <laughs> All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice. <laughs> so much as my uh, wife was a giant. But um, I want you to be nice <laughs> until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the Rees Company. Open a tepid Genesee and watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's the Rees Company. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. And we have so much to get to this week. We're going to be checking in with Pittsburgh's Forgotten Son. Mm. We have another installment of Funny or Hate Crime. We have an update from war-torn Ukraine. And our movie of the week of the week is actually a pilot for a failed sitcom. But first, Chris, how are you? I'm good. It's, uh, it's New Year's Eve as we record this. All right, we did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I brought some champagne for us to enjoy. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Last time we did this, we were celebrating a milestone in our number of subscribers. Was it 50, I believe? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we have no such milestone to celebrate. No. No. All right. Nice job. So, Steve, last night um, I was out with my... A group of my high school buddies. Now, uh, it's like the three of us are like. Um, Don't go crazy here. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, the, uh, the four of us are like we're like best friends in high school. You know. Cheers. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we, you know, we drifted apart. I hadn't seen these guys in years, so I was excited to see them. So we go to a Japanese restaurant, and uh, my my friend Mike, who's a big fan of the show, by the way. Oh, cool. We appreciate uh, that. Thank you, Mike. And uh, Mike's not like a great big. Ralph Williams type of person, but he's a heavier guy. I'm going to say, like, I'll ballpark it like 250, right? Okay. So, so we, we go in, <clears throat> and, uh, and the lady's like, you want a booth? And, and he goes, no, 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 I don't, I'm too big for a booth. So we get a table in the middle of the restaurant, and he sits down, and like two minutes later, his chair just collapses. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, like, bo- like, all four legs, like, splayed out so that he dropped straight down. Ouch. I mean, Chris Farley couldn't have done it better. Man. But um, but then, and it, when he gets up, he goes, uh, well, I guess I'll be hearing about that on the podcast. <laughs> now, I, I, had, I wasn't going to talk about that. I, had no, I, I wouldn't have talked about that. <laughs> sure. But now I feel like he'd be disappointed if I didn't, so right. now we're talking about it. Right, right. And, uh, and after it happened, I'm looking at my own chair, and this thing is like wobbling back. I'm over 200 pounds myself. I, I, I can snap the legs right off of this thing, and then there'd be two of us falling. Like, wouldn't that be funnier? You know? So this yeah. is what I'm thinking. Of. And then my friend Randy across the table, he's even bigger than Mike. So I'm like, if he's got a chair like this, it's only a matter of time before he's on the floor. And, like, how funny would it be if, you know, like somebody went to a restaurant. Like, hey, remember that time we went to a restaurant and those three fat guys came in and they all ended up on the floor? <laughs> But in the end, Randy's chair didn't break, and I just sat on mine. And uh, I, I've been thinking about it ever since if I should have done it. But, <laughs> like, I would have had to lean back, you know? Like, he fell flat. Like, I would have had to lean back. Like, I might have landed on my tailbone. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you don't want to risk injury. Now, yeah. did you laugh when that, when that occurred, I, when the chair broke? Did you just meet me? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed like a hyena. And there was a table next to us who, who were trying not to laugh, you know? <laughs> right. they, they, when they saw me braying, you know, they, they, they figured it was okay to laugh. 
But uh, yeah, I had a great time. See, I had a great time seeing those guys. You know. Well, that's wonderful, and you'll continue seeing them. I hope. Well, I don't know. I mean, one guy lives in Florida. He just happened to be in town. So yeah, I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Well, in that case, um, shall we ring back funnier hate crime? Yes. We haven't done this in a while. Before we get into it, do you want to explain the segment and what it entails? Well, we take a look at a video and we decide one of, uh, I don't like Jim saying what he just said. (laughs) (laughs) That is not good. Yeah. I believe some technical issues may be on the way. Yeah. Perhaps difficulty in pulling up the clip, uh, which we're about to discuss. Uh, I hope that's all it is. Yeah. Okay. That's all it is. So uh, we'll, we'll just buy a little time here. So and explain to the folks. Funny or hate crime, we take a look at a video, and we decide if it's one of four things, either funny, a hate crime, both, or neither. And uh, we take a very loose definition of what a hate crime is now. But <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not lawyers here, despite what you may have seen. <laughs> Those are guys who look like us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, we ready to rock, So Jim? what do we know about this clip? Do we need to set it up at all? Well, you, I remember like a year ago, we did, I don't think it was a funny or hate crime, or maybe it was, I don't know, but we took we, we saw a, a ruckus at a uh, Golden Corral. Yeah, well, now we're going to see one at a Waffle House. Well, let's take a look here. You know, Golden Corral, Ralph Williams went there for Christmas, but uh, he found the food to be too salty. Yeah. He did like what? Something did it was there something he liked? No, that was Jim that loved the chicken wings. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim's a big fan of that. I believe it was the fried chicken. Yeah, from uh, Golden Corral. And that's what you want. You want one great item if you're going to run a buffet. To yeah, draw people in. Yeah, I've always felt that way. As long as you got one thing, if it's not all you can eat, you can just eat as much of that one thing that you like. It right. doesn't matter if the rest of the stuff is bad. And you get filled up. You're satisfied. You go. Everybody goes home. Yeah, but you know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk. About, I don't. Want, I'm, just, I'm just babbling now because uh, we're trying to fill time here. Yes. Well, there's. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't we just cut this out? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I don't think there's any need to cut this out. Everything's fine. Do, do we have the video? Okay. So we're gonna watch this and determine whether it's funny, a hate crime, both, or neither. Now, I'm not sure. I've watched most of this video, and I'm not sure what I see happening here because there doesn't appear to be an initiating incident. Well, no. I believe the video started. After whatever initiated it. Yeah, because uh, people wouldn't know to start filming, and there are many people yeah. videoing this event. I don't see anybody dialing 911 right. as this melee is taking I, place. I don't believe it warranted a 911 call, but there are several things going on here that I'd like to point but out. There's a lot of assault going on, Chris. I believe that warrants a call to the law enforcement. No, I don't. Not, no, for this? I don't well, think that, so. That's why these things continue, because people just... Well, let's take a look at it, and people can judge. <clears throat> why is there no sound? Oh shit, you are walling! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Y'all walling! Y'all walling! Oh, 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 I'll tell you, there's nothing funnier than seeing a fat guy fall. So, look at all these people yeah, documenting it, documenting it for posterity. Yeah, but no one's been hurt. Nothing's been broken. Why it's a call fight. Humans should not be fighting. Yeah, this doesn't mean call the cops over. This right. is assault. Yes, right. it is. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. Never here. mind destruction of property. There's plenty here to be to be charging people with. Well, whatever. You can call the cops if you want. I wouldn't call the cops. But Jim, let it go. Go back like two seconds. Just like two seconds. So what we have here is. This, this girl who's currently in a headlock here, yeah, she's an employee, and and she, I I don't I don't I think we've already seen it, but she was egging this on, she was doing the bring it on thing, so she I mean she wasn't trying to deescalate this at all. She wanted to fight, so she kind of brought all this on herself. She was holding her own, and then this guy, who's holding her, it, apparently he's trying to break it up. But watch what's going on here. Oh He's oh holding her in a headlock oh while the other my. chick pounds her in the head. Oh yo, yo! Disgraceful. Hey, he, all y'all need to start training. That's no the worst. Can we stop it? That's the worst job of breaking up a fight I've ever seen. 
He helped that girl get her ass kicked. <laughs> Basically holding her holding her for the uh, Yeah, she was holding sale. her own before he <laughs> arrived to try and help her. <laughs> you wouldn't want him on your side during a no. dispute, physical no. uh, altercation. All I got to do is sit like that. <laughs> no. 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 All of that. Yo, y'all better than that, man. Come on, man. We're supposed to be supporting each other, man. Come on, man. Hey, how they still There we go. There's a chair throwing. She just swatted it down. I'm telling you, man, she wanted to fight. Oh, my God, She was all in for this. You And she was holding her own until that guy got her in the headlock. Chill. There she is. Bring it on. Bring it on. There comes the chair. Yeah, you missed me. Go home. Now, now, now you mentioned calling the cops. Yeah. Yeah. Had, had I been an employee at this place, the cops definitely would have been called because I would have taken a freaking frying pan and smashed these people over the head until they were unconscious. <laughs> I don't know. Why are they not picking up weapons? You have someone assaulting your store. You could say they're trying to rob it. Well, I don't You think- know, with a cop show, I thought they were trying to rob it. So I freaking, you know, you're allowed to use force when... Stuff like that happens. I don't know why they're why are they fist fighting customers like for fun. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is like uh, you know the Wiener Circle in Chicago. It's a hot dog place where oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the the staff berates, basically uh, curses out all the patrons. Yeah, it's like and the, vice versa. It's like entertainment. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this is that kind of Waffle House. Oh, okay, where they're just, they're just, yeah. they're just hey, a, anything goes here. <laughs> just a free for all every day, <laughs> and it's part of, it's part of the charm. Yeah. So what what do you think? Uh, funny or hate crime? I, I, I think that one dude hated that girl, and that's why he, you know, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'll help. Here, here, here. Get her, get her. Yeah, hey, with friends like those, Chris. Who, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I would say he's guilty of some, I don't know. Uh, he hates her, so hate crime. <laughs> but personal dislike. Uh, I think a hate crime entails um, uh, more like... Um, uh, an act of violence or an act of discrimination against somebody uh, based on who they are, not even knowing them. They clearly know each other. Yeah, are you sure you're not a lawyer? Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. So I guess not I guess not a hate crime. And I'd also say not a hate crime. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Also not very funny. No, no. Certainly not funny. Yeah. You were actually getting upset. Well, I get upset when I see people engaging in unnecessary violence. Yeah. And this, is, this is schoolyard. Yeah. You don't expect to see this. You go to a Waffle House, you don't expect to see this. Yeah. But, but nobody got hurt. Well, you know? thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. I, had, th- I think more people should have gotten hurt. Yeah, had, had I been there, people would have gotten hurt. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Jeez, Chris. <laughs> man, oh, man. Um, also, I don't think it constitutes a hate crime because uh, there were people fighting on both sides of different races. It wasn't racially divided. No. Yeah. But I think the Golden Corral one was just because the employees were white and the customers were black, but... I don't. I don't remember. It may have been similar to what you're saying. Yeah, but that was more of a coincidence than it was. Yeah, uh, any sort of racially based uh, animosity, aggravation, whatever you like to call it. So I guess we're both going with neither on this one. I'm. I'm saying no. I'm saying it's n- uh, neither. Yeah yeah. 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 Me too. All right. Okay, and uh, we'll. I guess we'll keep a lookout for more of these stories. Yeah, they pop up from time to time. We can do this again soon. Um, <clears throat> now I'm not saying go out and commit a hate crime. I want to make that clear. We have plenty of stuff to talk about. Be nice to each other. Um, wow, we have a news update. I, I mean, th- did you, like me, forget that this guy even existed? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. we had, I, I kind of feel bad because uh, he's been out there for, what is it, six months or something? Uh, t- I think it's 10 months that this war has been going on. And 10 months, he's been out in the field for us, and we completely forgot. Uh, he, he did manage to get, I think it was a satellite uplink. Okay. And uh, he presented us, or he, he sent us this uh, report from the field from Kiev. All right, well, let's take a look. Okay, let's see. Good evening, I'm Humongous Pecker. The world breathes a sigh of relief today as a U.S.-Russia prisoner exchange results in the release of both WNBA player Brittany Griner and the so-called Merchant of Death. Details of 
Brittany Griner's incarceration are emerging, and apparently she was tortured by being forced to watch an endless number of WNBA games. In other news, Russian President Vladimir Putin planned to swell the ranks of his army by drafting terminally ill prisoners. Unfortunately, his plan was derailed when it was discovered most of the terminally ill prisoners had already been drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers. And elsewhere around the world, how many Asian drivers does it take to close a highway? The surprising answer comes out of China, where low visibility caused by heavy fog and slanted eyes resulted in a nearly 300-car pileup. This reporter is taking a stand and saying it's time to put an end to this plague of Asian driving before someone gets hurt. In addition to the one person who was killed and dozens injured in that pileup. Again, I'm Hugh Munguspecker, live from Ukraine. All right, well, thank you to Mr. Munguspecker for that. Yeah, yeah, we greatly appreciate it, and um, we won't forget next time. I mean, I did get a new phone. Okay. In the last 10 months. So maybe that's what it was. Uh, gotcha. You know, you, you forget to update all your contacts sure. sometimes, yeah. So shall we check in with Ralph Williams? Oh, please. Pittsburgh's forgotten son. Yeah. Who, by the way, has uh, surpassed us in YouTube subscribers. That's, that's wonderful. C- congratulations. I find it disappointing and a little bit insulting. I mean, hopefully the people are enjoying it in the same way we are. I think people are, I think people are doing it despite us. Oh, or that. <clears throat> so um, ordinarily, we uh, check in with his much more frequent YouTube version of his show, The Way I See It, with Ralph Williams. But he does a cable access version of that show on Pittsburgh Community Television. Uh, Okay. Now, this is from that version of The Way I See It. And this is from September of 2021. Ralph's guest is called Ralph Watson, who also did a PC TV program of his own called Classic Events. I say he did a program of his own for a reason we'll get into a little later. Okay. Now, I don't know much about this uh, Ralph Watson because the clip we're about to see, uh, Chris... Starts five minutes in, and Ralph Williams hasn't yet stopped talking about himself. Okay. Now, Ralph Williams has an event DJ business called DJ Fun. We've talked about it here. Which these days, he, he refers to DJ Fun in the third person when he references DJ Fun. Sure. I don't know why he started doing that or when, but I have a theory it involves the possible disruption of his disability benefits. Mm. But I have no proof or evidence to support that. So, his guest, Ralph Watson at last creates a spot for himself and makes a complimentary observation about Ralph Williams and his partner in the DJ Fun Enterprise, a guy called Bill Canada, who's also a pro bowler. Okay, man, that's a lot to take in, man. Okay. Are, okay, are we so, close to watching the clip? Okay, so DJ Fun is actually two people. Uh, okay. It's um, Ralph Williams, Pittsburgh's forgotten son, and pro bowler um, Bill Canada. Well, then maybe that explains why he refers to it as a third person. Because it's an entity. He refers, to, he refers to DJ Fun as he. Uh, okay. That, he will not take you weird. to the cleaners. Okay. He'll give you a great rate. Okay. <sighs> so, Ralph Watson, the guest we're about to see, uh, he compliments Ralph. And Ralph almost immediately contradicts the praise. Let's uh, start this. And we'll be pausing throughout. Richland, he can't be here. So That's he understandable. Can, he can't with the media. But I, I want to say something real quick. You know, Bill Kanata is a great guy. He you is. guys have actually, I've worked with you before. You've DJed uh, several of my events. Uh-huh. Yes, I have. So, yes, we well, have. I mean, you did a phenomenal job. Yeah. I was really blown away that, you know, two white guys <laughs> knew so much about R&B music. R&B music. And well, that's, that's the reason we're, still, we're as good yeah. as we are. You know, I, I, I know a lot about music and bands. I watched a lot of behind the music over, over and I've followed music, go to concerts and all that. Bill's the, the DJ experience from back when he was in the late 80s. Uh, he was a, a wedding DJ and he started out young and he got to know the music as it went along. But, uh, you know, and then he grew up in that kind of, in R&B and Motown and all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He grew up in that. Me, I grew up with rock, classic rock. Heavy metal, that kind of thing. But I gradually got into the other music as I went along. My favorite uh, era of music is the 80s. Because I think the 80s, believe it or not, they had the most platinum records. They had the most uh, one-hit wonders that went platinum. Okay, they pause. Had the most- 
Pause. Most platinum records, most one-hit wonders that went platinum. That's a measure of greatness of an era in Ralph's mind. Okay. He has more subscribers than us. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, bo- I'm bored right now. <laughs> well, you're not. Well, uh, hopefully you'll hang in here because uh, I think there's some interesting things that come out of Ralph's mouth. Let's hear a little more about why the 80s are the greatest era of music. Most uh, uh, music awards from any bands and MTV. Okay, pause. Most music awards from any bands. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah, that's that's nonsense. <laughs> speaking, they have the same number of awards. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> let's continue. Exploded with eighties music. That was the, yeah, the culture took, of MTV. Yes, it took music to a whole nother level. Level, yes, it did. I am a R and B Motown buff. Oh, I know. I like yeah. Motown. I yeah. do. I love Smokey Robinson cruising. Okay, pause. Okay, so we're back to R and B now. Okay. Which is where this started. Right. Because Ralph and Bill know more about R&B than most other couple white guys. Okay. Okay. That was the original compliment that Ralph Watson paid Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Williams. I just did a car. I just DJed a car cruise in Bel Vernon. Thank you for the American Legion in Bel Vernon for having me uh, two weeks ago. I'm, I'm sorry. Somebody... Pause, please. Yeah. He, he just DJed a what? Uh, a car cruise. Okay. I think it might be one of those things where, you know, people, uh, I, I guess they drive their cars to a place and then they park the cars in the yeah. lot and open yeah. the hoods and people walk around and say, oh, yeah, that's a lot of pipes or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes they have a live DJ there. Sometimes that live DJ is DJ fun. Yeah. I took, I took my race car to one of those once for like a sponsorship thing. So I, I've been to one. I don't remember if there was a DJ or not, but I don't know. <laughs> All right, so um, he got a request for Motown at this car cruise. Yeah, sure. Let's hear what uh, well, let's hear what Ralph played. Requested some uh, Motown, and I played "Cruising" by Smokey Robinson. He was happy. Oh yeah. Pause. Yeah. Oh no, wait. Let it, let it go yeah, one more yeah, second. What are some of the other? There's so many other hits yeah, out of Motown. Yeah, yeah. I, I Pause. like that. Yeah, exactly. "Cruising" from 1979. Yeah. Well, he's at a car cruise. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, but someone asked for Motown. Yeah. They probably wanted it more for the era. Yeah, I suppose. Because when someone requests Motown generally, just uh, uh, anything Motown, they're probably talking about the 60s or early 70s. Not Motown from damn near 1980. Yeah, yeah, the era's a little bit off. Yeah. I, I see why he, he made the connection, you know, cruising. I don't know. I don't even think I know that song. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow did it some years ago. <laughs> What? <laughs> they were in a movie <laughs> together. Um, was it duets, I believe? Okay. He was, uh, Huey Lewis played a karaoke hustler. Huey Lewis? Yes. Okay. The, the rock right. singer. Okay. Yeah, I, don't see I didn't realize he had a film career. You've never heard of this. <laughs> I didn't realize he had a film career. Oh, he did. He's done some acting. He also did a TV movie with Reba McIntyre, which we should watch one of these days. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, let's hear a little more about Ralph's DJ. Temptations. Love I, I love uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. That's one of my favorite songs. My uh, Girl. I get that a lot of requests when I do weddings. Oh, you want weddings? That's the, that's the number that's one a great of the song. wedding. Yeah. 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 That yeah. was actually written by Smokey Robinson. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, I, I never knew that. I never Plus, knew that at all. Yep. Music Encyclopedia, Ralph Williams. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good show idea to just talk about your favorite songs. <laughs> the zero context or any ability to play them. Right, but these are songs people know. Sure. So, I mean, they're iconic, and uh, they're, they're kind of in the ether. Now, who is this guy he's got with him? Why is he on the show? Well, he also has a show, or had a show. Oh, right, right, right. On uh, Pittsburgh Community Television. Let's hear a little more. Oh, oh I love Mo Thomas. I like the Delphonics. Pause. I love <laughs> 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 All right, so I, I, I think you understand what's happened here. Uh, let's hear a little bit more. Uh, but they weren't Motown, they weren't no, Philly. Yeah, oh, I know, right. but I mean, I like the Delphonics, they're not Motown, but... Pause. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I like the Delphonics. That's like, these go to 11. You know, after you're presented with how ridiculous what you've just said is. Yeah. And you just repeat what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. <clears throat> so, eight minutes in, and we're finally about to learn. Uh, well, let's, let's look a little more. 
What's a little further here? Them, uh, the Brothers Johnson. I like a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, just um, listing them. Yeah. Into, in, I mean, who cares? Tell the viewers here um, how you started doing classic events. Okay, pause. Yeah, we're eight minutes in, and we're finally about to learn about the guest who I might point out is only on set for fourteen minutes. Mm. <sighs> and what what did he ask him? Uh, what, how did you, what made you start your show, this classic events program? And what does that, what does classic events mean? Well, what he would do is, uh, I believe, Ralph Wilson, Watson rather, he would have guests on local entrepreneurs, and I'm guessing they probably paid to appear on this program. Sure. To promote their businesses. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but it's, it seems to me like a, the way I've read, the descriptions I've read, it was that sort of program. Um, well, I have some information not revealed on this program. And for obvious reasons, that this program that we just watched clips of. Wait, I'm sorry, but if your if your show is about talking to entrepreneurs, why why the title "Classic Events"? I have no idea. That makes, Chris. That's a terrible title. Do you think these people would be paying to do shows if they had any idea what a show is? Well, I suppose not. <laughs> well, um, Ralph Watson, the guest, he lived only 19 more days after this broadcast. Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, you know, I shouldn't laugh at that, but... Uh. Well, no, but I mean, he spent a precious late-life hour <laughs> chatting with this enormous jabroni. <laughs> and something else about this episode, this was actually Ralph's big return to PCTV. He'd been gone since 2000. Oh, wow. And uh, let's, go, uh, let's go back toward the beginning to watch where Ra Ralph, Ralph first introduces show. his hey, guest. thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be part And let's of hear all of the uh, self-serving. Rebirth. Rebirth. It's great to be back, man. Like I'm so that. happy. I can't, I, can't, I don't know. I, I have to pinch myself. That's so they were 20 years ago, you It said? was 20 years ago. I left in 2000. I had a show called Sports Talk with Ralph Williams. And you know what my most famous two interviews were? was my very first show. And I had John Fedko on. He was wow. here live. And then I did an interview with Joe Walton. Okay, the former Jets offensive coordinator. And then he was the offensive coordinator for Steelers for a little while. Then when Chuck Noll retired, he became the head coach at Robert Morris. Now, everybody in the media, ladies and gentlemen, was afraid to interview this guy. They were frightened. They didn't want to talk to him because nobody wanted to ask him a tough question. And you know what the toughest question was? What? What was your relationship with Bobby Brister? And I asked him that question, and he was up front with me. He was very nice about it and everything. It was beautiful, Ralph. I mean, it was so, and I went to his office up in Robert Morris and, 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 and talked it over. And, I mean, he was very nice. I wasn't afraid, you know, to sit there and talk. All my other media colleagues in sports were all afraid. Oh, oh he's going to yell. He's going to scream because I asked this tough question. And you know how it is. Yeah, you know you, what I mean? Sometimes you have to sometimes take you, yeah. yeah, and that was the question I asked him. What was your relationship? Because him and Bubby did not have a good relationship. Okay, Remember pause. That? Okay, so everybody already knew the answer. Yeah. That's why they didn't ask him, Ralph. Can, can I uh, paraphrase that long ramble he just went on? Sure. Uh, my last show peaked in the first episode. Because he said that interview was his best oh, oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was in the first episode. Yeah, that was his yeah, very that, first not, episode in Sports Corner. With that's Ralph not what Williams. you want to do. You don't want to peak in your first episode <laughs> and then just go down from there. <laughs> right. The show's supposed to get better. <laughs> oh, not, not Ralph's. <laughs> but, yeah, nobody wanted to ask the tough questions, like, you know, the one they already all knew the answer to. Yeah. Very strange. Um, so I, th I guess that's enough uh, Ralph Williams. All right. I'm sure that we. What is he? What is he wearing? Is he wearing a cross? Yes, that's a crucifix. Can we see Ralph on the big screen again? Back when and his hands yeah. in the way. Yeah, his hands in the way. Just get, give it another second or two, and uh, there, yeah, there, that, there go. you go. There's Ralph Williams and the late Ralph Watson. That's a very ostentatious uh, thing. Like I would think a very you'd have to be a pretty religious person to wear something like that. Yeah, well, he was a deacon in his church. Oh, okay. All right. Until recently, he's cutting down his ties with his church for reasons he should get into, but he's not going to. Yeah, I would love to hear about that. Yeah, so would yeah. I. That would actually yeah. be interesting, but yeah. no. No, we're hearing about, you know, <laughs> being you know what? swindled I, by a sandwich. I, I, don't, I hope I don't get myself in any legal trouble by saying this, okay. but I'm going to go on the record as to why he had a falling out with his church. Okay. Pedophilia. Oh, jeez. On whose part? Uh, Ralph Williams is a pedophile. Oh, man. You heard it here first. Oh, man. See, I, I don't agree with this. I, 
can't say we know any such uh, information or have uh, our reporters. And you know, when our reporter gets back from Ukraine, we'll have him investigate. But I doubt. Okay. I doubt there's aren't, any. Aren't, aren't we going to go out to Pittsburgh and do some investigating of our own? It would be nice to do that. I'd like yeah. to head out there and possibly visit uh, like the Kramer reality tour. Yeah. On Seinfeld. We could do the, uh, the, our own. I mean, just us. Our uh, Ralph Williams reality tour. Yep. Possibly visit some of the places where he's caused a stir. All right. In uh, service scenarios. Okay. <clears throat> Shall we do our movie of the week of the week? Please. Okay, let's go. Yeah, we're having uh, foaming issues over here. You're putting quite a head on your champagne as you pour it, Chris. Yeah. You know, champagne, you know, it, it always does that, but it's amazing how, like, it goes right up to the the edge and then never, like, overflows, you know? And uh, it's, like, half full now. I don't know. Whatever. Right. So two episodes ago, we discussed Death Car on the Freeway, and it was one of those uh, copies of it that was floating around YouTube. It was the original WBBM broadcast. Of Death Car. Yeah, with all the commercials. With all the commercials. And there was a network promo for a sitcom that caught your attention. Yeah. It was was called Struck by Lightning. And um, it only aired three episodes. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe they made 12. I I think it was 11. 11? Okay. But that's a lot of... Usually, you don't make that many episodes... Without having a contract that they're going to air, I, I don't know, or maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that seems unusual that there would be that many made and unaired. I don't know about that because uh, a lot of shows get pulled pretty early, right? So the production company will have an agreement with the network or whoever plans to air it, um, and they'll they'll get an order for a certain number of episodes. Usually, it's like thirteen. Yeah, and they'll produce that number of episodes. They'll get paid for producing that number of episodes. Okay, but um, they'll actually make less money. Because they won't get, the, I guess, the profit share from the uh, ad revenue. I, I guess what the thing is, is that once, like, you, okay, you have a contract to make 13 episodes. But when you get canceled after three, it would be unusual that you'd already filmed 11 episodes. Like, you figure you'd only be a few episodes ahead. Maybe you'd only filmed six or seven. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's why I'm thinking it's a, a oh, large I, I, number. I, I see what you mean. You would yeah. think they would shoot one of these a week. Versus doing them all, I guess, at once. Yeah, like, I feel like you're usually only, like, a month ahead of, like, filming to getting it on the air. So, like, to have a to have eight episodes in the chamber like that seems like a, n- a large number, but I don't know. Well, they were able to uh, make some of that money back, the network was, because, uh, or I guess maybe just the production company benefited from this. Uh, the next year, this was, uh, this aired, it debuted on September 19th, 1979, ended its run on October 3rd of that same year. Yeah, that's unfortunate because had they been around a few years later, they could have put this on like a, a, a v- VHS thing and released it, you know, right. as, a, as something. Right. And all of the installments, all the uh, however many, we have conflicting info here, but uh, every uh, produced episode was shown the next year, but only in the UK. Oh, the UK, okay. Now, it stars a guy called I be- Jack, I believe it's pronounced Elam. I don't, I don't know who he that is. That looks right to me. Did he look familiar to you? He did, but I couldn't, I couldn't place him. He's been in a thousand things. Um, dozens of motion picture supporting roles, notably appearing with Charles Bronson. Our friend Eric Todd would know this. Right. In uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. And uh, John Wayne in Rio Lobo. Interesting look. Oh, you're talking about the guy. I, I thought you were talking about uh, Ted. Oh, no, no. You're talking about the other guy. No, I, I of course I know him from his, uh, he, he was in Cannonball Run. Yes. Which is yes. a favorite film of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting look, no? Yeah. Lopsided eyes. Yeah. And, and buggy, like bug eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he had those eyes almost all of his life. It, was, it came from a childhood injury when mm-hmm. he was in Boy Scouts. Yeah. And uh, a fellow troop mate stabbed him in the eye with a pencil. Mm-hmm. It also stars Jeffrey Kramer. Now, he's the guy who plays Ted. Okay. He played many roles in 70s television. Uh, he does, he's, he's, an, he's an award winner, but all of his Emmy wins 
They come from his stint co-producing the shows Ally McBeal and The Practice in the 90s. Hmm. Yeah, Practice is pretty good. I watched some of that. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Theme song. You Are So Beautiful by Joe Crocker, his version of the Billy Preston tune. Okay. Well, that must have cost some money. Yeah. What's your point? I'm just telling the folks that the theme song to the show was You Are So Beautiful. Oh, because we can't show it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did it seem out of place to you? Yeah. um, Maybe there was an irony to it because the main character or the, I guess, the the co-main character, the co-star, has, as we said, an interesting look. Yeah, I thought it was an odd choice, though, like to go with an ironic opening. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, didn't, it didn't, I don't feel like it really worked. Yeah. And they probably spent a lot of money on it, as you said. So if you're going to spend money, you got something that works, you know. Now, uh, Jeffrey Kramer, the Emmy winner, the Emmy winning producer, he plays Ted Stein. He's a Bostonian who travels to a hotel owned by his recently deceased grandfather. This hotel's in Maine. Ted has inherited the property and intends to sell it. And here he meets his maintenance guy, played by Jack Elam. His name is Frank, and he's just encountered a weather-related misfortune. About time. I'm getting soaked. Who locked that door? Uh, sorry, uh, the, the inn's full. Pull up. Uh, no, no room at the inn. I live here. I'm the handyman. Frank. What happened? You're smoking. <laughs> struck my lightning. Oh my God! There it is. Lightning don't strike twice in the same place as nuts. I got hit three times tonight. You're kidding? I'll be glad when this damn rainy season's over. You staying here at the end? Uh, I'm, I'm Ted. Ted Stein. My grandfather You're was Ted. here. I've been waiting for you. We gotta talk. Are you sure you're all right? But I'll be a lot better when you and me have talked over a few things. Oh, it's you. He got hit by lightning. <laughs> you're always getting hit by lightning. What's the matter with you? I was on the roof fixing the lightning rod. <laughs> you are a lightning rod. And will you please put out that cigar? You're smelling up the whole house. I'm not the only one who's smoking here. Yeah, Ted's smoking a cigar in this scene right beside Frank. You might want to remember that. Now, the woman in that scene, her name is Nora. She's, she's a divorced mother. She manages the hotel, and she lives there with her young son. So that night, as Ted's trying to sleep, Frank shows up in his room to explain to Ted a secret regarding Ted's lineage. Okay. And this explanation, for some reason, entails grave robbery. Now, what is it? What do you want? I heard you're selling this place. You're not selling it. Yes, I am. I live in Boston. I'm not moving up here. Now, say what you got to say and let me get back to sleep. I just got back from Salem where I got these books out of your great-grandfather's tomb. You don't know who you really are, do you? Sure I do. No, you don't. Okay. Who am I? Say my name and your name together. What? Just say it. All right, uh... Frank Ted. Now can I go back to sleep? My first name and your last name. If you have some... We're doing it my way, now just say it. All right. Frank Stein. So, what's that mean? Nothing. That's that's my fault. Put a... Put an N in the middle. Frank N. Stein. Faster. This is ridiculous. Say it, just say it. Frankenstein. There you are. What's this all about? Don't you get it? You're a Frankenstein. The Frankenstein family. Oh, come off it. My. Yeah. Ted has a hard time buying it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> As does the audience. <laughs> well, Frank explains that Ted's great great grandfather was Dr. Frankenstein, and Frank himself is Frankenstein's monster, almost two centuries old. Frank tries to prove this by bending a fire stoker in half. Yeah. That doesn't convince Ted, so Frank coaxes lightning to strike at his command. Yeah, I don't think... What? what During a thunderstorm. It could have just been coincidence. Yeah. Like, uh, Frankenstein doesn't have magical powers. I don't, right. It doesn't make sense. So Ted does come to terms with his family's past, and he confers with Frank in a lab in the hotel basement. Now, Ted... Nobody can know who we are. You mean even Nora doesn't know who we are? Nobody knows. 
about me, about this lab, about nothing. And with the work we're going to do, Pause it's got to... Now, here's a thought. All right. Is he going to talk about the serum thing at the end of this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, then let's let, let it play then. All right. Stay that way. Work. What work? Could you make out anything in those old books over there? Yeah, some of them. Now, what kind of work are you talking about? I need a special serum to stay alive. So? Well, I'm glad you're so concerned. <laughs> if I don't get it every 50 years, my cells start degenerating. The, the muscle tissue starts to go. See that eye? It used to look straight ahead like the other one. A few more years, I'll look like a catfish. Ha <laughs> um, So, why the need for secrecy? Why can't they tell anyone who he is? Like, if you need a serum to stay alive, wouldn't you want a whole team of scientists working on that? Like, that seems like something that scientists in some field, I don't know what field, would want to study. Like, instead, he's relying on this guy who's a, a high school science teacher. Like, it makes no logical sense why the need for secrecy. I, I don't know, perhaps, and I'm not uh, intimately familiar with the story, but it's possible that uh, Frankenstein was very, um, he was embattled. Well, what does that mean? Well, uh, villagers chasing him with torches. We're going to get to that uh, yeah. a little later. I mean, right. people are not friendly. He hides the fact that he's Frankenstein's monster because people are not comfortable with him. They fear him because he's different from them. Yeah, okay. I guess that's a possible explanation, although it doesn't really make sense, but... It is a possible explanation. Okay. I mean, this guy really just looks like he might have had a war injury. He doesn't really look like a... Right. Well, I read on the Wikipedia page that they wanted... Initially, they thought they'd do makeup, but then when this guy applied, they're like, no, you don't need any makeup. <laughs> yeah. And imagine being him, having this physical anomaly. And yeah, that partially got him this role. But it doesn't feel right for anyone involved with that line about how, well, if my eye, you know, whatever he says. Yeah. Uh, this, this was an accident that something happened to him. Uh, putting those words into the script, putting those words into his mouth, acknowledges something that it, it probably would be more, uh, I don't know, uh, it would be more gentlemanly, shall we say, to not acknowledge that that's why he's there. Mm. I'd be uncomfortable with him delivering that, being anywhere near him delivering that line. Um, yeah, I, su I I can see how you would feel that way. Yeah, but um, now this episode was directed by a guy called Joel Zwick. You've seen that name, haven't you? No. In uh, sitcom credits uh, in the eighties and nineties, a lot of old T TGIF shows. Uh, no, I've never seen this. Okay, he also uh, directed a few motion pictures, including My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I never saw that. I bring him up because he's quoted I'm a in a film book. critic. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I bring up the name Joel Zwick um, is because uh, he <clears throat> not only directed this, but he was quoted in a book about uh, one season or less wonders, saying that Jack Elam had a great sense of humor about himself. So it's possible he insisted on the writers and the producers mining his appearance for, uh, let's face it, throwaway lines. There's, I did, I, I think I may have chuckled once at something, but uh, yeah, not laughter to be found in this in this show. Also, it's now clear why Frank took those books from the tomb. Apparently, they contain uh, the recipe, the schematic, okay, the elixir, the chemical formula for the serum that buys Frank another fifty years knocking about the planet. Wait, did they say that? Yeah. Well then. Why can't he just do it himself? What's he need the high school teacher for? Well, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Um, Frankenstein's monster is literate. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I mean, in the novel, he reads Paradise Lost. So, okay. Well, then, then maybe they didn't read the novel. I certainly didn't, <laughs> and we all stand corrected. So he's relying, for whatever reason, on Ted to create the formula. Let's see a little more. <laughs> If you don't have the formula, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You're a Frankenstein. Wait, wait, stop, a... stop. He just said he didn't have the formula. I thought that was the whole thing, is that he doesn't have the formula. No, he doesn't have the formula itself. Oh. 
the information on how to, uh, I guess, synthesize it. Oh, that's confusing. See, formula is, I guess it has two Oh, meanings. no, okay, yeah, formula. <laughs> he's talking about the actual liquid. Yeah, the, the elixir. The, the elixir. Yeah. The yeah. formula for the elixir is what he possesses. Yeah. So just make it him own. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's see a little more. Scientist. I'm not a scientist. You're not a scientist? I teach science. I'm a high school teacher. <laughs> you mean my life is in the hands of a high school teacher? Yes, that's all oh, I yeah. am. Now, my mind's made up. I'm putting the house up for sale, and I'm leaving tomorrow. You can't leave tomorrow. What do you Plus, mean? Chris? That's a good way to build your audience. Uh, <laughs> insult public teachers everywhere. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Oh, not just public. There are parochial science yeah, teachers yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a huge population of folks who <laughs> you've just alienated. You just called idiots. <laughs> All right, let's see more. I can't. The Celtics are playing the Knicks Friday night. All right. Oh, and, and there's another thing. All right. They must have mentioned the Celtics a dozen times. Yeah, they and want to drive home that he's a city boy. Yeah, like nobody likes the Celtics that much. <laughs> Larry Bird didn't like the Celtics as much. He didn't, he didn't say the word Celtics as often as this guy does. But if you don't stay... I'll die. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank. Let me put it another way. If you don't stay, you'll die. <laughs> don't try to scare me. Yeah, that's a bad strategy. How's that going to get him the serum? Yeah, I, I don't know. Now we see Ted um, next. We see Ted, Ted, not next in the show, but what we're going to see next. We see Ted having tea with Nora and the old guy whose dentures George Costanza put through the garbage disposal. Oh, okay. He plays a local newspaper reporter, but I never really made out what he's doing in this episode. Let's see. It's like I was saying to Frank. Who needs Boston, the nightlife, the Celtics? I'm bored with it. This is the life for me. Hiking, fishing, dirt, all that stuff. It's great. Never seen anybody change his mind so fast. Yeah, I heard Bill Norris was ready to offer you $100,000 for this place. He was? <laughs> oh, Glenn, why don't you shut up? Idle gossip. Who, who needs money as long as you're doing what you want to do? One more second. Right, Ted? We out of here. All right, that was all I wanted to add to that. <clears throat> so in a scene we won't see, Ted makes clandestine plans to leave the inn, and to, I'm sorry, to leave the inn and handle the sale of the property remotely. So that, that guy, in the, the guy you said, George Costanza put his dentures in the garbage disposal or whatever? Yeah. Did, did, he, did he play Mark Twain at any point in his career? Because, oh. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's possible. He would have been a, a shoo-in yeah. for such a role. That's a very signature look that Mark Twain had. You know who did play Mark Twain in a one-man show? I don't know. Gabe Kaplan. Oh, okay. All right. Mark, Mark Twain used to do his, old, his own one-man shows, right? right? Yeah. In, in a way, he was the first stand-up comedian. Yeah, he, yeah, he kind of was, yeah. That's all I have for that. Okay, so... Um, in a scene we didn't see, Ted makes plans to sell the, sell the inn, uh, and uh, it, it's all in secret. But before he can leave, his real estate agent appears to inform him that there's a potential buyer who's en route. Frank overhears this conversation, and he and the agent are presented with disappointing news. Ted and the agent. Okay. Get off. <laughs> Hello? Yes. It's for you. Hello? What? what? Hi, All right, Don. Stop, Where the heck you stop. been? How is hello, it's for you, something you put a laugh track to? <laughs> There's been a lot of that. Most what? of the lines that have gotten fake laughter in this episode were not jokes. Yeah, they're, I mean, that's not in any way. Just dialogue. Yeah. It's, it's, I, the editor must, I don't know. But they also put in an applause break at the end of this. <laughs> Wait, what? There's no live audience. What is an applause break doing? In what that? I don't understand about that is, okay, there's a laugh track. 
So the viewing audience is meant to think that, oh, that was funny. I just didn't think it was funny. There's something wrong with me because I didn't think that was hilarious. Is that the strategy? Because you can't convince me that something's funny because I hear laughter. Yeah, I mean, there, there's attempts at jokes in the script. That's where you put the laugh track. Yes, but many of them are very weak. Have we encountered yeah. yet the one that you thought was funny? I don't think, you know, I, I don't remember. No, I have no idea. You, you don't recall. I just remember at some point being like, hmm. Like, that, that's what was the extent of it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see more. And we've been waiting for you. Glenn, I can hear you breathing. Will you hang it up? <laughs> Did you try Twin Oaks Road? You're kidding. What about Highway 14? I don't believe it. Hold on. He can't get here. Two telephone poles fell across Highway 6. The bridge on Twin Oaks Road is split up the middle. Three trees uprooted and fell across Highway 14. That must be some storm. Yeah. There's no storm. Don, listen. I got an idea. Can you get over uh, to Wheeler's Gas Station? Yeah, I know a back road. I'll meet you there in about a half an hour. Good. Back as soon as I can. Hurry up. Okay, so that adult who just said across twice. Yeah. He's the real estate agent. He tries to head over to the gas station so he can give back road directions that I guess he doesn't want the NSA knowing about. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he believes road travel is necessary to relay this information. <laughs> but in that pursuit, he faces adversity. We'll get to that in a moment, but check out this scene that completely forgets an earlier one. Look what I found. Oh, 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 oh great! I've been looking all over for this. I lost it. You lost I... it outside your bedroom window. I know what you've been up to. And I know what you've been up to. Ah, don't do that! What's wrong? I don't like it. Are you afraid of fire? Well, you would be too if you was ever chased by 300 screaming peasants carrying torches. When did that happen? When didn't it happen? Yeah, did he not smoke while standing just inches away from Frank in the beginning? Yeah. I know he doesn't let on Oh, no, you know what, Steve? He had the cigar lit, so it's not the cigar that he's afraid of. It's the lighter. He, he, turned, he used the lighter in that scene. So. Okay, well, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Well, thank you for uh, clearing that up. Anyway, here comes the real estate agent with an oddly phrased update. My engine's out. Well, maybe you can jumpstart it. No, I mean it's out. It's gone. It's not in the car. I don't know where my engine is. Really? My engine's out. Yeah, that's what you say when someone rips an engine out of your car. <laughs> no one would say it that way. And it's so obviously worded like that to set up the lame joke about his engine literally being torn out of the, uh, under the hood. Yeah. Lazy writing. So, yeah, I think you'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> Somebody tore the fucking engine right out of my car. <laughs> well, it is network television, but he might say something like, man, my car won't start. <laughs> Why? Well, the engine was torn out by Frankenstein. <laughs> and you, we should take an attempt at rewriting this episode. <laughs> <laughs> So, Frank, he's damaged public utilities to keep the roads closed with the aim of Ted not being able to sell the hotel. Later, in the lab, Frank is about to drink a potion that will end his life. Our beaters in one creator. Stop it! If you don't stop it, I, I won't stay! What? I said, I'm staying. I don't believe it. Oh, goodbye, Celtics. That's wonderful. Celtics, Goodbye, goodbye Jamie. You're really staying. Hello, craziness. Yes, I'm staying, but only until we make the serum. Yeah. So Ted makes that agreement with Frank. All right. I mean, they have the formula, so all they got to do is get the ingredients and figure out how to do whatever his great-grandfather did. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I guess that sets up the series. You know, here's an idea. Um, why don't you make a whole bunch of that stuff and maybe keep it in the freezer so every 50 years, yeah, I don't know. Well, there was some of it, but Ted's grandfather drank it. Oh, that's right. They did say that. Yeah. Because yeah. he was crazy. Yeah. Which is which was weird. Didn't keep him alive, though. Yeah. it was That was a weird thing to put in there. Yeah. Everything about the show was a weird thing to put in there. It was, and yet I feel like I would like to see more. 
I feel like I would like to see the other 10 episodes. I want to see what's going to happen here. Well, I'm not sure we can track that down. No, I don't think you'd be able to. But um, the, there, there's a little kid character. She's like Nora's son. Yeah. Who lives there. Uh, uh, you know. What? Uh, <laughs> what don't you know? Well, I, I, don't, I guess they felt they needed a little kid there, but that wasn't, you know. Uh, well, I would, I would, I, would, I don't. I feel like they had something going here, man. Like they could have be- better writing, you know, a different, little bit different direction on it. It could have, it could have been something funny. I don't know. Right? Do you think it had promise? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It had promise, or at least it had potential. Before, I mean, yeah, I would be- like to see be- more before somebody started typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's sometimes hard to judge a pilot episode alone because by nature they're heavy on exposition right. and they serve a purpose that subsequent episodes don't. Right. But the laziness of that my engine is outline yeah. uh, has nothing to do with setting up the premise and introducing the characters. Yeah. I'm not sure the producers were focused enough to make this work as a pilot, let alone a, uh, an entire series. Yeah, they don't, I don't think they had any of the writers who could really write a good joke. You know, yeah. it become. I mean, there should have been at least one in this episode. If there was one, you'd be like, all right, well, somebody's funny who's writing this stuff, you know, and, 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 and you get, you can get different writers on TV shows. You know, they could have had a whole different writing staff from the pilot to episode two. So who knows? You know, you, you know how this would have worked? Same show, same script, same actors. But as part of um, uh, who were the guys, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Croft. Uh, who am I talking Sid and Marty Croft. Oh, okay. Same script, same actors, but obviously different art direction. This could have gone on Saturday mornings for the kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right about that. And um, I'm sorry, what was his name? Jack Elam or something? Yeah, yeah. He's great. Like, he's perfectly cast in this. And he's charming. He's Frankenstein's monster, but he's very charming. Yeah. Um, the, the, other, the other characters, I mean... I feel like the Ted character, I feel like that could have been, that could have been a woman. It could have, you could have gone anywhere with that. It wouldn't have mattered, you know? And there was probably a better direction you could, they could have gone. But he's not. I mean, if he had better lines, he'd probably be, a, be fine, you know? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm torn. I kind of, I, I didn't like it, <laughs> but I kind of like it because I feel like the, if you have 10 more episodes out there, maybe it was good at some point, you know? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, so I think we both agree it had potential, which I guess is the best way. It's unfair to give this a rating because it's one episode yeah. in what was meant to be at least one season's worth of programs. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We shouldn't rate it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we both agree it had promise. Chris, anything we didn't talk about you might want to talk about? Well, you know, we've, we've been stalled at, at our subscriber count for a while, and we want people to, what is it, like, comment, and subscribe? Yeah, that, that'd be nice. Yeah, well, they don't do any of that, but... uh yeah, in our in our drive to get more subscribers, I, I found some DVDs in the back, and uh, yeah. so I think if we get if we get from we're we're currently at fifty seven, I believe, yeah. So if we get to sixty, then I'd like to give away some one of these DVDs to sixty, uh, Chris. You, you want to stop at sixty? No, I'm just saying when we get to sixty, okay, as an encouragement for people to to subscribe. Okay, I found these DVDs in the back, and I thought we could give them away. We got we got GI Jane here. I mean, you can choose. You know, whoever the 60th subscriber is, you can choose. We got Matador, which I haven't heard of, but... Uh, I, I've seen this. This is okay. um, Piers Brosnan and Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Well, they're both celebrated actors. Yeah. So someone could enjoy that. We got um, The Notebook. Uh, now, this this is brand new. This says two thumbs up, Ebert and, Rober, Ebert and Roper. Roper? Yeah, Roper. Okay. Yeah, so that's probably decent. So, you know, take your pick. You want to watch The Matador? Whatever. I think you had one, one, another one over there. Oh, right? I, I do. That? I do. There's Love Actually, but I'm, I'm keeping that one. Oh, you're taking that home. All right. All right. Well, maybe, maybe I think I saw Avatar back there somewhere, too. So, maybe you know, if you're the 60th subscriber, you will get a DVD <clears> of <throat> your choice. Okay. And you might also want to let us know. I guess send us a message. You're going to have to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 
You're going to have to tell us if you're the 60th subscriber. And, and give then us we'll, <laughs> we'll send you a DVD. Your contact information <laughs> and which motion picture you choose. Again, Notebook, Matador, G.I. Jane, and potentially Avatar. Yeah. But Love Actually is off limits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. For Chris Morgani, Jim Corhan, I'm Steve Reese. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. 2023. Man, yes. that sounds like the title of a science fiction movie. <laughs> What the man? I'm I am old. <laughs> I'm old. It's it's the year it is, and it sounds like the future to me. Yeah, th- this is the kind of year that people always used to put the year. Yeah, before when they would they used to. Oh man, add that as a prefix. All right. Well, happy 2023, everyone. Oh, okay, we did it. Uh... <laughs>